You are listening to audio from Redeemer Church in Tomball, Texas. To find out more information about our church, visit us at makingmuchofjesus.org. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. It's so good to see you and such a great treat to be able to gather together and to worship King Jesus on Christmas Eve. And I hope you have a great time with friends and family, uh, watching movies, eating far too many sweet and salty foods, um, opening presents, and then picking up all of the shreds of wrapping paper once the dust clears. And of course, Christmas is so great because of Jesus Christ. That the birth of the eternal Son of God. And what a wild sentence that is. The birth of the eternal Son of God. But this is what Christmas is. It is the invasion of Christ to earth. And and we have to call it an invasion because he came for a, a purpose. Behind enemy lines, among his enemies, and he invaded earth, as the Bible says, to destroy the works of the devil. And he came, as the Bible says, to set captives free. And he came, as the Bible says, for sinners like me and like you. And this is God's master plan. So I want to invite us to look in God's word at 1 John chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, you can use a device or one of the Bibles there on the ground next to you. That's on page 1084. And we're going to let the Apostle John guide us into the heart of Christmas from a passage that we may not usually think of as a Christmas passage, but it is. And if you don't know who the Apostle John was, he was one of Jesus' original 12 disciples. Walked with Jesus for three years, saw him teach, saw him do ministry, saw him heal, saw him die, and saw him rise. And John writes to churches and gives them a picture into the heart of Christmas. So as we do every week, if you're able, let's stand together for the reading of God's word as we hear the very authority and voice of Christ to his church. And we begin in 1 John 4, verse 9. God's love was revealed among us in this way. That God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He's given us of his spirit and we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. And whoever, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we've come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. The one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. Let's pray together. Holy Father, help us now 
to see your great love revealed among us and to hear your great love. Help us now, King Jesus. Help us now, Holy Spirit. And it's in the name of the Son that was sent into this world that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I really feel like Christmas carols and Christmas hymns are pretty impossible to not love. Who doesn't love a little Jingle Bell Rock every now and then? Who, did you know that White Christmas is still, Bing Crosby's White Christmas, is still the number one single of all time? You know why? Because it's awesome. <laughs> That's why. In the Christmas hymns that we've been singing, I mean, they, they, they are packed with high voltage truth. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead, see, and hail the incarnate deity. These words are amazing. And even the little drummer boy, which I thought was one of the most ridiculous Christmas songs, like Christmas shoes or something like that. But it makes sense if you really think about this song. This little drummer boy, he has nothing else to offer the newborn king. He has no gold, no frankincense, no myrrh, no essential oils. He has nothing to bring. He's just going to worship Jesus the best he can. And that's just gonna, he's gonna play his little drum. That's all he's got. That's really deep if you think about it. It almost makes you wanna amen. And then you've got, do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? That song's weird. It's got some really weird lyrics in it, but that is the heart of this passage. The Apostle John is asking you and me today, do you see what I see? And you're gonna see all kinds of stuff today and tomorrow, a parade, presents, smiles, laughing, movies, and sports upon sports. And, but when you see that nativity scene and you hear the Christmas story or you think of Jesus being born, the Bible, God himself is asking you, see my love at Christmas. See God's love at Christmas. Look at verse nine. The Bible says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world. At, really at this time of year, people do wonder, and maybe you're wondering today, is God there? Is God real? Christmas answer is yes, very much so. And then, well, then the follow-up question is usually, well, what is he like? What is God like? I mean, does he care about me? Is he disinterested in me? Is God cruel? Because look at my life this past year. If God's there and this is what my life looks like, how can I know if God really loves me? Christmas's answer is this. God is love. That's the end of verse eight. God is love. It's in the middle of verse 16. God is love. And then the Bible says, God's love was revealed among us. Not only is God there, and he is not silent, but he is loud with his love. And look, God's love is revealed, friends, in a very particular and specific way. Not in ways that we wish God would show his love. Sometimes we think, well, I mean, if God, if God was really loving, then he would do this. If God was loving, then he would give me this. If God loved me, if he did this, then I'd really know it. But friends, who is trying to be God in that scenario? 
Let's not be so foolish to tell God how he is to love us and how we are to judge whether he's loving or not. The Bible says God is love and he has revealed his love among us in this very specific way. And it's Christmas, verse nine. In this way, God sent his one and only son into the world. God's love was revealed. The incarnation is the revelation of God's love. If you don't know the word incarnation, it's a super simple theological word to grab. Incarnation, carne. We all know what carne is because we are good Tex-Mex loving people. Chili con carne, carne asada. These are meat. Incarnation is the in-meeting of God. It is God, the Son, putting on human meat, flesh, bone, organs, muscle tissue, white and red blood cells, veins. The incarnation is God putting on human flesh. And that's why we're having chili for Christmas. Because <laughs> it's biblical. <laughs> the incarnation is the revelation of God's love. No mystery. No wondering. God's love was revealed. God made his love public for us by sending Jesus into our world, born in Bethlehem, angels singing, shepherds following a star, and all of these pyrotechnics pointing to one thing, God's love. But why? Why do all this? The Bible says in verse nine, God sent his one and only son into the world so that, here's the purpose, we might live through him. What does the Bible mean by live? The shepherds were living before they saw Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Even if you're not a Christian right now, you are alive. You are living. Physically, yes, but spiritually, no. We are dead in our sins. We are bankrupt, unable to follow God, unable to please God, unable to honor God, unable to live for God. That's why when Jesus is walking throughout Israel, healing teaching. He says, I came so that you may have life and have it abundantly. As first John says, he sent his son into the world so that we may live through him. You can be alive spiritually. You can be alive and be able to follow God, able to honor God, able to live for God now and for eternity. And it's only possible as the Bible says, through him, through Jesus, you can't make it happen. You can't be good enough. You can't read your Bible enough. You can't attend church enough. You can't do enough good work so that you might live. It can only live through him. And from Jesus' birth to his death, Jesus lived in every way that you could not. Jesus obeyed his father perfectly. Jesus loved his neighbors perfectly. He never sinned. Never had an impure motive, never had an impure thought, never even had a single bad idea. Christmas, friends, is about finding not just a baby in a manger, but life in Christ. Life through Christ and life with Christ. Living in a new way, a, a new operating system, taking over your life and it's Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's what he came to do. Look at verse 10 again. 
Love consists in this. See what John's doing? He's just compounding this for us so we can get it. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Beloved, the Christmas message is not about our love for God. Christmas is not about your love for God. Not, not first. It's not about being like the wise men. Sometimes you hear things like, you should be like the wise men this year. The Magi bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So what will you bring Jesus? What will you give to him? How will you show your love to him? That's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is not about what you can do for God. Not about what you are going to do for God. Christmas is about what God did for you. Christmas is about God loving us. And that seems like, I don't want that attention. That seems selfish, but listen, that's how merciful and kind God is. That's how kind-hearted and large-hearted God is for sinners like you and me. He loved us and sent his son. You know what's missing from our Christmas hymns? We have cattle lowing, whatever that means. We have little town of Bethlehem. We have shepherds with jubilee. You know what we're missing in our Christmas hymns? Heavenly scenes. Three times the word sent is used in here. God sent his only son, verse nine. God sent his son, verse 10. Verse 14, we've seen testify that the father sent his son from where? From heaven. The eternal son of God was sent into our world. And what's missing are these heavenly scenes that before Mary is with child, I just want you to imagine and to picture there in the throne room of heaven, angels singing, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit being adored and worshiped, angels singing songs, room, the throne room filled with glory and awe. And then the Father says, now my son, go into the world we created. It's time to carry out the promise we made back in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve. Go, pierce through the space and time continuum of the world we created and go be led by the Spirit to your mother's womb. And the eternal Son of God with angels singing and cheering, he vanishes, gone from heaven. And then nine months later, angels are singing again, glory to God in the highest. Because they know what Jesus came to do. As verse 10 says, he sent his son to be this purpose, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. This purpose to be the payment, the, the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, Christmas has an Easter bent to it. Don't ever forget that. Christmas is dialed in to Easter that the eternal Son of God took on a human body, took on blood so he could die for us, to have his blood spilled to pay for our sins instead of us, to die the death that we deserve, to suffer under the wrath of God that we should have, but he took it. So Jesus wasn't sent into the world to be some good example, to be a good teacher. He was sent to pay, to be a ransom for many. He entered this world to save sinners like us. The Bible says that God showed his love by sending his son. And then the Bible says that Jesus showed his love 
by dying for us. As the Bible says in Galatians 2, the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. You must see at Christmas that behind everything in the universe, behind everything, there is a God whose heart is full of love. Full of love for sinners. And so extravagant that Jesus came to pay for sins so that you don't have to. That cute, cuddly, roly, pudgy Jewish baby came for you. So that one day he could be nailed to a cross for you. So that he could rise from the dead for you. And he could ascend to the Father's right hand for you. And that he could give you a new inheritance a new earth for you. Friends, he was wrapped in swaddling cloths by his mother, laid in that manger, and then realized his same mother stood by and watched as they pulled her son, dangling lifeless corpse from the cross. A mother who wrapped him in swaddling cloths is now watching him be wrapped in burial cloths. And the Apostle John tells us that God the Father and God the Son, God the Spirit did this for you. So what do you see? What do you see at Christmas? Enjoy your Christmas tree, please. But remember to look beyond that tree into another tree. Because Christ redeemed us, as the Bible says, from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Look to that tree. Do you see your sins? Do you see your felonies and injustices against God? And now see his offer to you at Christmas. My son can save you. That's what he came to do. You're not asking him to do anything extra. You're not asking him to do something he doesn't want to do. He wants to save you. Christmas is God telling us we need someone else outside of us to save us. And he's here, Emmanuel, God with us. See that. And the apostle John says, look, there's one thing we need to hear. You need to hear the Christmas confession. Look at verse 14. John says, and we have seen... And we testify. So do you see what I see? I see this. I testify about this, that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. I mean, as great, great as it is to hear tiny Tim say, and God bless us, everyone. I hope there's a confession that we hear, that you give at Christmas, verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. Whoever. I love that the Bible says whoever, anyone, right now, this can be yours. You can be a whoever. Anyone can be a whoever. No pre-qualifying processes, no pre-approvals, no preliminary interviews, no vetting, no ideal type of person that God's looking to save, whoever. Maybe you've been going to church your whole life and you've never actually believed 
You've been faking it. Would God save that kind of person? Whoever. Whoever. And maybe you're an atheist. Ignoring God, skeptical of God. Been against God. Whoever. Whoever. God is willing to save you. If you'll just, look what the Bible says, whoever confesses. Admits is what this word means. Acknowledges. Not whoever proves themselves good enough to be saved. Not whoever accomplishes enough good works. Not whoever attends the right church. And not whoever has a certain level of morality and is good for goodness sake. Whoever just confesses. Whoever just admits and acknowledges and says this. That Jesus is the son of God. That Jesus really is who the Bible says he is. That he really is the son of God. He really is all that the Bible says he is. He really did come down from heaven to pay for my sins. He really is 100% God. He really is 100% man. He really is my savior. And notice, there's something really important here that you can't miss. Look at what the Bible says. Whoever confesses that Jesus is is the son of God, not was. It right now, Jesus is the son of God. And right now, Jesus is alive in heaven. He it is not, he was the son of God. Now he might be the son of God, has been the son of God. There is no was, Jesus is no has been. Jesus is the son of God. He's alive in heaven because he removed those burial cloths on Easter Sunday. And he's alive right now with a large heart to save sinners, inviting you, come to me and I will give you rest. If you'll just confess, simply trust that Jesus died for your sins and rose again from the dead, God will welcome you into his family. That's what the second half of verse 15 means. God remains in him and he in God, abiding together, family together. Just confess. Verse 16, he amplifies it a little bit when he says, and, he, and we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Know and believe. It's kind of odd that these two words are next to each other. We use them interchangeably. I know that. Yeah, I believe that. These words are not interchangeable. These are two different things. Belief, we know what no means. I mean, I, I know this. What does belief mean? We've really messed up the word belief in the Bible belt, the word believe. Believe doesn't mean just wishful thinking. Or, or just a blind, you know, okay, whatever in the dark, fine. Shot in the dark, I'm in. I believe it even though it's nonsense. That's not what belief is. Belief means trust. I'm trusting. I've come to know and to trust the love that God has for us. I'm trusting the love of God for my life. I'm trusting the love of God for my soul. I'm trusting the love of God for my eternity. I'm trusting the love of God for my all. You know, when my children, when they were learning to swim and they're standing on the side of the pool and they were scared and I'd offer to help them, like, just jump in, I'll catch you. No, you won't. Yes, I will. Just jump in, just trust me. Do you trust me? Okay, I do. Okay, jump in. Okay, 
you got to jump now. Do you trust me? Then they jump. And I don't know if you've ever done like a, a trust fall with someone. Where a trust fall is like, hey, I trust you're going to catch me, so I'm just going to fall back into you. And then your friend catches you, hopefully. <laughs> Listen, faith, belief is a cosmic trust fall into the love of God. Belief is a cosmic trust fall into the love of God. Today, Christmas is God's invitation to know and trust his love. To trust God's love and the Son revealed. To trust God's love and the Son reviled for you on the cross. And to trust God's love and the Son raised from the dead for you. And to trust God's love and the Son who is promising to raise you to new life at the end of the age. And to trust God's love that one day his son will be revealed again. The trumpet will blare and the sun will descend and we will rise to new life with him if you confess. If you confess that Jesus is the son of God. Is that what you hear in your heart? Jesus is the son of God who paid for my sins and who rose again from the dead and promises me eternal life. Is that your confession? You must see what John sees and we must hear what John hears. I hope you do. And if you don't, you can today. Simply believe, simply trust, trust fall into Christ and you will be saved. And then, and then you will have a merry and eternal Christmas joy. Believe today. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. To find out more information about our church, visit us at makingmuchofjesus.org.